0: So, you know, one thing you have to keep in mind is that martial arts are military arts, right? It's not that they're from just from Japan or China or wherever they're from, but they were martial, whether they were martial arts for the commoners or martial arts for the military. Um, originally these were, these, these are, you know, martial means military. So. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level.
1: Welcome to another edition of schoolownertalk.com. Now here's your host, Dwayne and Ally. Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with Ally Albarigo schoolownertalk.com. Good morning, Allie. Nice to be with you, sir. Oh, I got you muted. sorry. Uh, I said good morning to you and great to be back with you again. I think for our
2: 290th episode, right? It's something like that. Yeah, I've lost count, man. Oh, holy mackerel. And we have a special guest today, a good friend of mine, a and, and, uh, traditional martial arts school owner. And you, you're friends, right? You guys know each other, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah so we've done stuff together before and hung out. And uh, Soke Dai is a good buddy of mine. We know each other probably for like six or seven years now. It's been about...
0: Nine, right? eight, uh, nine years, nine years. Nine
2: years, crazy, nine right? Years. And we met at a, a, a Atlantic City event and we've kind of been in touch ever since, literally once a week chatting you and I, doing stuff, business together and so on. And uh, great to have you here with us. And, and I wanted to take, pick your brain, um, more about the traditional side of martial arts, right? You know, that there's so many different, martial artists out there that are run different schools. So before I ask you any questions, Dwayne, what would you consider yourself? Are you a traditional school, a modern school? Like, what do you, what would you consider yourself?
1: I would say a little bit of both. Um, I would say probably in the beginning, I was more traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, I would still say I, I'm like 60-40. Okay. Yeah, 60% traditional and then 40% you know some of the other stuff, and and I guess we have to define what traditional means. I was just going to
2: ask you that question, like what is your definition, and then we'll let Soke Dai kick in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, we we are doing uh, traditional Tung Do with regards to the forms and the hand and foot techniques, um, and then obviously following some traditions with regards to obviously you know yes sir no sir those type of things titles, not necessarily so much um, with the Korean titles, although. Uh, we have ranks, and but we're not necessarily addressing the ranks per se. Only because, um, you know, one of the problems I found for me was, you know, being a Christian and running a Christian martial arts school. When I was a master, some people had a problem with the word master. You know, so Master Brummett, I was like, just call me Mister Brummett. Right. And so now my all my instructors are really uh, we go by their titles. But I'm still by Mister Brummett rather than by some sort of title. Um, that was the only hiccup I, I found. But other than that, I would say we're pretty much traditional in those in those senses. But we use the English terms as opposed to you know sabonim, you know that type of stuff.
2: Right, right. So, so, guy, I know that you and I are more. Um, linked classically as far as our lineage to japan and you're an asian accredited martial art teacher and school so what's your vision of tradition i know this is a debate like the other day i was on one of the pages and i was talking about tradition and and people said why don't you just go back to japan if that's the way you teach and i'm like well i do teach like i lived in japan like when i learned in japan i keep those traditions alive And I want to teach them to my students. I mean, that's one of my, and I use this loosely, a selling feature of who I am and what we do. But what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I mean, look, you know, tradition is the preservation of um, certain cultural and um, systemic uh, practices, right? You know, from a definition standpoint. And... I, you know, this is this is. You can go back and forth with this and discuss this for for at length for hours, really, if you wanted to. So, you know, one thing you have to keep in mind is that martial arts are military arts, right? It's not that they're from just from Japan or China or wherever they're from, but they were martial. Whether they were martial arts for the commoners or martial arts for the military, um, originally these were these. These are you know, martial means military, so military right. arts, right? Right, and so you know, there are certain customs that are preserved in order to um, keep the integrity of, of, you know, the art intact. Um, and, you know, that's why there are titles and that's why there are, um, you know, bowing. And, and, and yes, it's, it's for respect also, but, you know, there's all these different, you know, right. traditions. The, the protocol. Protocols. Right. You know, and, and etiquette. And etiquette. So, yeah. so and, and I think that these things are important because um, they get you in the proper mindset for for practicing the martial arts. You know, I think that, and look, if you are not a traditional school, that's totally cool. That's what resonates with you. And and you have to do what feels good to you, you know, what's in, in alignment with with who you are as a person. Um, and so I'm not saying that one is necessarily better than the other. This is just my personal belief and my preference. Um, but I feel that in my own experience, um, that these, these traditions, these practices help get you, uh, kind of engrossed into what it means to be a martial artist. Um, it's, it's like if you go to the gym and only pump one, you know, one arm. you know, you're only lifting weights with one one arm, you're, you're kind of imbalanced. And so I think you have to always have that mental aspect, not just the physical. And in so doing, um, and, and trying to maintain that spirit and that mental aspect of the martial arts, um, because I think most experienced martial artists would agree that mental, the mental side of it is very important to, you know, being able to defend yourself in a fight to, you know, um, to to just surviving long term in the martial arts, you have to have a certain mindset, um, which you know, or develop one over time. Right. So um, I think if you don't practice certain traditions, um, I, I think that it it kind of takes something away from the experience. Um, with with that being said, the other side of the coin with this is you know traditions are changing over time all the time. You know, so our, our instructors, as time has passed, picked and choose what what traditions they felt were were meritorious. You know, were were important. You know, are they? You know, so that the the traditions of today may be different than the traditions of of the past. If you don't have a teacher that has been, you know, uh, resolute in preserving the original customs, you know, so so it reminds me of the story. Um, and I'm paraphrasing it, but there was a woman who uh, all growing up, you know, every, every uh, Thanksgiving, they made a ham and, oh, yeah. and, uh, you know, the, she would cut the ends off the ham, the, the mother would. And then, and then, uh, you know, she you know the woman grew up and she had her own household and her own family. And so, you know, she cut off the ends of, of the ham and, you know, and eventually her daughter says, you know, why, why did you? cut the ends off the ham and the mom said, I don't know, my, 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 mother did it this way. And so I wanted to preserve this tradition of doing it. And so one day that, you know, she went to, uh, the woman went to her mom and said, you know, I've always wondered, you know, why are you cutting the ends off the ham? What's the tradition behind this? And she said, oh, my oven was too small. I had to fit it in the oven. So I cut off the ends, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, was it really a tradition or was it necessity or, you know, why you know, why do we do what we do? Um, and, right. and, if you if you uh, look at one of Morihei Ueshiba, the founder of Aikido's quotes, um, and again I'm paraphrasing, but you know the the te- he says the techniques of today will be different than the techniques of tomorrow, uh, meaning that things are always evolving as time goes on. So you have to adapt with the times, um, and you have to keep you know in mind that look you know fighting has evolved uh, you know today I think you know from from mixed martial arts and these other things I think. I think, you know, people are coming at combat a little bit differently. And so you have to at least uh, appreciate that this is going on. And so um, you have to be, uh, you know, prepared for that kind of thing. But, right. but I still think that, you know, um, tradition is, 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 you know, you've got to preserve the original um, methods. Because they, they work, you know, um, things were really survival of the fittest you know, historically. And so, uh, you know, if your system didn't work, if it wasn't effective, then it died out in battle. Right. You know, the, right. you died in the battlefield. Yeah. And so, so there was merit to whatever they were doing. If your system was lasting a long amount of time, um, that's because it worked. And so who are we to change it? You know, um, I don't feel like even though i I've, I've, i have experience in the martial arts for for decades um I don't feel that it's my right to change the tradition you know uh, i i want to preserve it because it obviously worked this long and it served me well so why reinvent the wheel
2: hmm. i love that's a great a good overview of you know what tradition is i, I like what you said dwayne any any thoughts or comments or questions on that?
1: Oh, you're muted. Uh, No, I'm not. I'm not one to to, uh, buck um, tradition. Uh, But I do like the fact that you said, you know, that the you know, what works now is not going to necessarily work later on, you know, like it has to evolve, which I think is which is good, you know, Um, I, I think, you know, if we if we just pigeonhole ourselves and just use one way, and you know, uh, not be open to some other ideas, I think that that's a detriment to ourselves. I think that's a detriment to our students. Um, it's not to say that I would switch. You know, I might learn something from you and go, man, that that works a lot better than what I've been doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna incorporate that. You right. know, which I think I've always done in my martial arts career, even if my instructor said we've got to do it this way. I would I would ask why, like, why do we have to do it this way when this other way seems to work better? Yeah, um,
2: I li- I like that, and you know, I think though here's the thing: I think that we haven't, as um, Westerners, experienced a lot of us haven't experienced real martial arts from the Orient. So, like, being around a real, true, true master is like night and day from seeing someone who's great or good even. So there's a lot of a difference when you can almost see, like, for example, I was teaching at a Master's Unite about two Sundays ago and um, Saturdays ago, and I teach a wrist lock, and I teach it my way, and um, my way is very effective. Everyone knows that. and uh, However, people will take it, and they'll immediately adapt it to how they, they know it. And they're going to, they see what I did and I'm showing them the pointers, but then they went right back to doing it their way. And then, um, it's less effective. And I'm like, if you would just take, and I kind of told the crowd, I'm like, listen, I know you're good at what you do. That's not why you're here. You're here to learn from other people. So just kind of take what I'm doing and practice it and try it. And if it works, you could take it back to the laboratory, so to speak. That's what I call it. And you could practice it out and make make it work. But so many people are kind of stuck in their way that they don't want to see anything else, right? And, and there isn't. There's an extreme difference. I've seen some magical masters from Japan, trained with them in Japan, and um it's like night and day with what you would see in the US with masters in the US. So there is that land of tradition that's helping them stay alive and those techniques are amazing. And but there's so much more to tradition, right? I think it's about protocol and etiquette and all of that. And I think nowadays people are bucking that. Like they don't want to do it because it's so rigid and so i'll give you an example i the other day i was having a conversation with my leadership team and i was reading an article on a vegan page and the guy said i'm 75 percent vegan and i said you can't be 75% vegan because the very essence of veganism is that you are fully 100% committed if not you're just plant based or you're vegetarian but you can't like eat animals on a thursday and you know so you're 25% vegan 25% not i go you either live the lifestyle or you don't so i was talking about that in leadership team and of course one of my students who's in his 30s he said yeah but there's various levels of veganism i said no there isn't it's just the the guy who invented the term laid out a guideline and rules you can't eat animals You can't eat animal products you don't wear leather you don't use anything you know a lot of you then that's the rule that's it he said yeah but there's there's just still different levels to it i go no you either are or you aren't you could be plant-based you could be vegetarian you could use those levels but once you claim to be a vegan you're this right and and he just couldn't he didn't agree but that was his mindset there they're so used to at that age bucking the system and changing what it means and changing the values that it, the whole world has changed because of that.
0: Does that
2: does that make sense? What do you
0: think about that? No, totally. I think you have to be. I think you have to be committed to to your method, and in order to be considered that, you know, um, you know, if if you are eliminating, you know, some of the techniques or you're eliminating some of the tradition. Is it really can you call it that, you know, if you if you are uh, a karate uh, a practitioner, let's just say, and you take out the bowing and you take out um, some of the fighting techniques and maybe you remove some of the kata. Well, then it's no longer the the original thing, right? you know, right. And, and so so you can't claim to be that. Um, and, yeah. so you know, you, just like if you're a traditional martial artist, you follow the traditions, right? And then, and I'll tell you, although I'm very open to different concepts, I don't modify my system. I don't change my rank requirements. Um, my formal rank requirements are the same. You know, my teacher taught me and as his ta- teacher taught him and, and so on and so forth. I may teach extra things um, and, I, and I'll say to my students, this is extra and, and it may not be part of the, the uh, core system, but, but I think it's important to know this concept. Right. Um, so they know very clearly what is this system and what is kind of bonus and, and right. extra, you know, uh, information.
2: Yeah. In Japan, they would call that a henka, right, which is a variation of the movement. Right. So, mm-hmm. Wayne, how about you? Like, what do you think about like that? So, you're, Take your Christian faith. I mean, we know that certain people claim to be Christian yet we look at their actions and it's not very Christian-like, right? Or, or um, you know, they say, hey, I'm a Christian on, on the weekends, but not, you know, and, and during the week, they're drinking, cursing, being violent, like whatever. And then you, you can't at that point follow and say you're a Christian. It's like I always tell my students, if you're a cop, but you steal on the weekends. You're a criminal, you're a criminal throughout. Like you've no longer being a cop. You're not following the rules of right. law. You're breaking them. And there's so many gray areas. What are your thoughts on that? Like the rid the rigidness of, you know, religion, protocol, martial arts and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I would just say, you know, a hypocrite is just not himself on Sunday.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. No, I, uh, it's, it's, um, that's that's a fine line. I mean, who uh, who am I to judge whether somebody is a Christian or not? You know, right. whether they're struggling through some sort of. Uh, something or other you know what I'm saying right. but um, I just know what you know for me I know what God word God's word says I know what I'm supposed to do what I'm not supposed to do I mean I still fail on some things don't get me wrong when yeah. I like know there's a few words that I want to say and, and right. sometimes they do come out you know so you know I'm <laughs> I'm not perfect you know what I mean but right. um yeah I, but I think even I think tradition is is super important with regards to um, you know what the original intent is you right. know so there's got to be context kind of like i i really like what you said um david with regards to the fact that uh, you know i'm going to teach the system the way that it was taught to me and then anything outside of that is is going to be um one separated so they know that it's not a part of the system but then two you're not opposed to going hey by the way here's some alterations to uh you know these techniques but they're outside of our system. And I I know you're not, maybe not saying it directly like that, or maybe you are, but either way, you're making it a point to let them know that, you know, these concepts are, are, we are important too, but um, they're just not the way that we necessarily do it. Is that, am I getting that right?
2: Yeah. I think uh, he just typed in to me that he can't really hear you. I don't know why. I mean, um, I hear him fine. So, okay. So you don't hear him at all. You hear me? You don't hear me either? No. Maybe you, you muted
1: the sound or something or hmm, I wonder why. Yeah, that's weird. Do I sound better yeah, now? I, I can't hear either one of you. Really?
2: So that's oh, odd. Wow. Something happened on your end that you you can't hear us. So maybe you muted it. Let me type let me type it to him.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, because I was hearing him perfectly. Can you hear me now? Check, check, check. No.
2: No, I guess not. That's not I'm gonna gonna say sign out and sign back in. Weird, right? Yeah.
1: Well that's technology. I mean my video wasn't working for a while. So Yeah,
2: Yeah. and there you go. That's so something. He just said okay, he's gonna sign back out and sign back in. Okay, but yeah. So drain while we're waiting. Uh, so there's no dead airspace. Uh, it's interesting to me. Like I look at people for some reason. The more modern day younger generation, they don't really see a value in a lot of the things that I hold very dear to my heart in traditionalism. And I I use that actually as a you know, I don't want to say selling feature. Can you hear us now?
0: Now it's perfect. Sorry. Uh, about
2: interesting. That. Yeah. That's okay. These things happen. I was just saying that um, I, you know, I find now that you know I use my traditions as a selling feature. Um, so that when parents come to me, I'm saying, listen, we're a very classical, traditional martial arts school. I then go into, you know, a little tooting of my own horn and go, listen, I've been to Japan 17 times. I trained with one of two ninja masters in the entire world and lived in Japan. Um, and I want to teach the traditions. It's funny how I watch even the younger generation, like even my, my head instructor, um, sometimes he's forgetting, like I, he's a, he's a, he loves to grapple. So like he'll, his posturing is very grappling, like, you know, and the way he leans in and, and I'm like, you know, these things that he does are, are not really part of our core um, tradition, but they're things that we teach because we want them to be able to grapple just like BJJ guys do and all that. But I think that a lot of the essence of martial arts in general have been, I'm not saying are being lost. They've have been lost in, in time. When I met Steven Seagal for the first time, nineteen ninety-ish, six or seven, he, I asked him and I interviewed him and he said, there are three segments of the martial arts. He says, they're going to be the traditionalists. Then they're going to be the sport martial artists. And then they're going to be just pure self-defense people. That's it. And like, he considered sport, like sport, karate, MMA, and all that. He said, the traditional martial arts are being lost where the ancient master could like do things that you'd say were magical, right? Because he studied him to be such a great martial artist for 40, 50 years, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, what are your thoughts on that? I know you have some relatives that you train with and you're sensei still to this day. Um, you know, what, what keeps you in training with them? Why haven't you broken off and started your own system? Why have, I know you're super rigid where I'll go, how come you don't have your own video series? Like, Nope, I'm not allowed to share Techniques, He said, I can't put my techniques online and you don't do anything against what his, his rules and regulations are. You're very loyal and dedicated and how, you know, tell us a little bit about that and why.
0: Um, well, I, you know, I was always kind of, in, that was always instilled as part of my training is loyalty to your teacher because, you know, they are in, in some respect holding your life in their hands. You know, you know, not only uh, figuratively, but literally sometimes, you know, you have to trust them that, you know, uh, because I was there many times. And, you know, so for those of you who don't know what that is, a throwing dummy. And uh, and um, so, you know, I had a trust that, you know, they weren't going to injure me. And, you know, and sometimes it, uh, you know, it happened. But uh, but um, but, you know, I, I have total trust in in my teachers. And, and if you don't have trust in your teacher and, and you don't feel like they have longevity, why are you with them in the first place? Um, and I feel like, you know, in order to really become a master, like you're talking like those in Japan, you have to commit very long term to, to, and to, and to a system. That's why I think the whole, um, concept of mastery in general is being lost, not only in the martial arts, but in, in our culture, who, who spends 40 years, you know, perfecting something very few people, you know, most people can't even stick six months into something. And then they, 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 you know, so, so I agree with you, your past statement that, you know, things are, are, are getting lost. Um, and I don't want to lose those things. And, and I see, um, the ability of my teachers and they always have new things to teach me. You know, like I said, I've been doing this over 40 years and and they still show me new things that I'm like, wow. I'm like, where did that come from? And, you know, um, why would why would a teacher give their best stuff to a student who's not committed to them? You know, yeah. it's like and I tell my students this, you know, if, if you want to learn how to make chocolate and you go to Mr. Hershey. Right. And Mr. Hershey, he, he, he you say to him, look, I would love to learn how you make chocolate. Please teach me. Right. And, and he says, OK. And he starts teaching you. And then maybe six months in, he says, listen, Mr. Hershey, I, I appreciate it. I, I, can I also learn with Mr. Nestle? Do you think Mr. Hershey's going to teach you all of his best recipes if he knows that you're going with someone else? Right. You know, and, and so some may say, well, that's not fair because, you know, I should be able to learn from whoever you want to. Right. And, and you can. But if you want your teacher to be committed to you and to give all of his best information, then you have to make the choice to be committed. You
2: know, that's kind of kind of funny that you say this because I had I had a student that was a great kid and the dad and mom I just couldn't get along with. I'll say it nicely like that. And they um, they were when they were up for renewal the dad went through my contract he redlined all these things that he wanted to change and i just said no um and uh then he and that was his excuse for me because he knew i'd say no so he could pull his kid out um but uh, and he also said to me he goes "And, and and I'm training in like three other dojos. And I said, well, that's another reason why your daughter can't train with me because it's not fair to her. I I said, she's going to be confused and she's never going to truly master what we do. Um, So it's better that you just move on to those other schools. And you know, he said, oh, that's condescending and that's your attitude and your ego talking. And I'm like, no, you just don't understand that. you know, and exactly what you just said, why should I share when they're not dedicated to it? And and we have to be real careful. Um, But then again, in this society, people don't think the way that they do. And I have to teach
0: my students how to think the old ways, the traditions. And money does not mean that you're entitled to everything. Right. You know, um, there are times that, uh, you know, I, I, uh, did like housework and other things for my teachers. You know, I I remember going and helping move things and right, and, yeah. and, look, and do research for for on on un, totally unrelated to the martial arts thing. Yeah, my teacher has called me up and said, David, I want you to look look this up for me, and I want you to get back to me. And I right, and I don't I don't ask for any monetary compensation because the martial arts training that and the information that he's imparted on me has been the payment. You know,
2: right. Well, there's a. Th- Go ahead. I'm
0: sorry. Go. No, I was just going to say that you know the the tuition is just to keep the doors open, but it's not you know it's the it's showing up to class every day um, and train or every week and training hard and showing uh, your your commitment to your teacher. That's that's the payment for the techniques, you know.
2: Yeah, there's a Japanese word called giri giri, and that means loyalty. Um, and um, it's such a confusing word. And I wrote an article once. I was talking about it on the internet, and then Stephen Hayes, Grandmaster Stephen Hayes Anshu, um, world famous martial artist, he um, he wrote. It's the so- the society is more of a gimme rather than <laughs> a geary lately right and then he went on to write some cool things that I then incorporated into my article and um, a lot of people have a hard time understanding that loyalty like you know um, I only have a handful of students that have trained with me over the years that even if they stop training that are still loyal like on my birthday they'll call me on Christmas they'll give me gifts and um, they have just developed Kiri but it's a very small amount because we're in this very commercial society and I wish I just wish more people would understand that because it makes you a better person
0: i think so
1: definitely right. you, you you do you agree Dwayne? Uh, mo- yeah most definitely i mean uh i'm i'm uh, showering you with gifts all the time you certainly are <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it, you're right i mean it, it just shows the level of appreciation uh and dedication to that that relationship that you have with the individual yeah certain cultures are like that like i had i
2: believe they're Sikh. Um, uh, their, their cultures, uh, the religion is Sikh. And, um, the parents used to every Saturday bring myself and my instructor breakfast. They go to stop off at Dunkin' Donuts and bring us stuff. Um, and, uh, and they would go here, here, Sensei, like that was their tradition to bring the teachers a gift. And to pay thanks and homage or homage or however you say it, um, you know, uh, to, to give thanks. And, but, but not – our cultures aren't like that. A lot of times in the, in the U.S., they think, hey, I've paid my debt. I've given you my $150 in tuition. Now you owe me. And, and if you don't want to give me what I think I deserve, I'll just move on to the next school. Like, and, the, and, and I believe – and this is another thing with this poor kid that the dad and mom pulled them out of the school – I believe they missed out on such a great education. It could have been life changing, but now of course I'm the bad guy and they moved on, but they'll never see the layers and levels that they could by dedicating themselves
0: to the, to a training and to a sensei or to a a system. Yeah. That's their choice though. You know, they they're choosing to not get that benefit and that's totally okay. You know um, I used to think that we have to accommodate everyone and make everyone happy, but, but, uh, that, that doesn't work. Um, right? but, but if you are kind of a lighthouse and you kind of live a certain way and set that example of what you want other, you know, what you want to live by, I think those who are in alignment with your principles will find you. And those are the people that you want anyway, as a customer, you know, I, I think that, um, to try and force everyone to be something that they're not. It just, it never works out well. And that's why, you know, I get people that come in and then they leave and that's totally cool because they're not, they're not in the same alignment that I am. Yeah. Um, And then I have others that have been with me for 15 years and those people really get it, you know, and, and and if they change their mind and come to a certain point where they're, they're not in, in that space anymore and they don't have that belief anymore then they're going to move on, and that's that's their choice. You know, we can never control anybody. We can only uh, set example to how others, you know, could could live and and what they could achieve. Yeah, and you know, I think
1: uh, I don't know about you, but I, I would like you, uh, you know, 150 to 200 dedicated students, and you know, and that's it. i like, I don't even need the, the door to be rotating. You know what I mean? Like it could just be those hundred. Let's just say 150. Those 150 people. And I I don't want to say life would be good, but life would be wonderful with regards to the fact that they would be dedicated. You know, they're going to show up. Your relationship mm-hmm. with them is going to just get deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, there's just so much, so many more benefits, just even besides the, the, the technical aspect of the martial arts, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you become a family where you guys support each other. And, you know, that's not, that's not even a thing anymore. There are there martial arts families anymore. I mean, really?
2: Yeah. I, I I agree like 100%. Like that's something that I miss from when, like I would, i had like when dojo first opened we were like hardcore group of like 70 60 people um, but the real core group is like 20 or 30 and I would go every Friday night we'd all go to the movies together every we'd go to a restaurant we go to the movies we would hang out if i said hey we're going to this seminar I just immediately knew I was bringing 40 people with me because they would go to everything and anything that i say now i might I had a big seminar i just taught recently and it was just it seems as like a suggestion to them like, like, hey you guys should all come it's life-changing it's almost like I'm sales pitching it and meanwhile it years ago it would have been like hi sensei and they were there like right. my teacher, my teacher O sensei Felix Vasquez was at this last event that I taught and I trained with him and you know we'd have to go anywhere he said dressed in a three-piece black suit head to toe and follow him and he was at this event with 12 of his students they all paid to go to the seminar not one of them trained they just sat on the side and watched in full suit and mask, um, and uh, that's only because he said we're going, and and they 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 must, or else he'll be done with them. They couldn't train anymore, so that tradition is still alive with him. And I remember that. I loved that about it. It was something that I sincerely missed when the students were so dedicated, and they would do anything for you. Clean the dojo, yeah. you know. Come over, hey! You need you. I heard you're doing construction. You need help, and they'd be there, like you know, whatever. Or you're carrying your bag and boxes. They'd grab it from you. Um, I have to teach those skills though to my students. Like I have to. It almost sounds disingenuous, but I have to like say this is the way you're supposed to act. This is what you're supposed to do. You know, these are the traditions of how you treat your instructor and how you work and how you live your life in the dojo. Does that makes sense. Oh yeah. So check this out. Here's I ask, I'll i ask your opinion. Um, on the other day on one of the Century Post pages, they had a big debate on what they should call their instructors. They want to educate the kids on whether the teacher is non-binary, he, they, she. I don't even know it all. I tried to look it up, and it's so detailed right now as they are talking. But they wanted to know what we should call our teachers. And I'm like, why don't you just call them sensei? Or sabanim, or coach. You don't have to identify their gender and what their gender choice is. You just pick the name. You're a teacher. And exactly. none of those, ter- yeah, none of
1: those terms
2: do that, anyways. Exactly. So I'm like, why can't you just do this? And people are, no, no, we have to educate. I'm like, it's not your job to educate your students on sexuality. In no. my own, no, like it's not something, right? So, but like, why can't they just stick to the tradition of being a sensei or or a coach or a sabanim or a sifu, right? Like what?
0: Like what is going on with our world today i don't understand it what do you guys think Uh, uh, well what does gender have to do with training that's i I don't think it has anything to do with it so why why bring it into the dojo right right i i i treat my women in my class the same exact way as i do my men they are expected to do everything that the guys are so why why do i have to i i think by pointing that out you're kind of Creating more of a segregation than if you just treated everyone as a student instead of a guy, girl, he, she, they, whatever. If right. Treat them like people, then great. Then then it works. Yeah. You know? So I'm in agreement. I think yeah, call them by their title.
1: You know. Well, and I also think that everything is an issue now. I mean, you know, in order to uh, be in, in order to be in control, in order to be the top dog, right, uh, or in order to be the winner or whatever, you have to create an issue that that you're passionate about and make everybody else uh feel bad about or dog them out on um right. you know what i'm saying like that that's all it is i mean it's more than that but i mean in that aspects it's it's you're making an issue out of something that doesn't need need to be an issue like you said it's it's you you're your student you know. yeah, I don't know why I would want everyone I wouldn't want to sit down with youth
2: kids, even, you know, older kids and have to have that conversation. I don't feel that it's my business to talk about that. anyways, that's what I said on this on this uh, page and and
1: uh, some people argued with me, but I'm like, okay, that's just my opinion. you you're better than me because like I wouldn't even waste my time right, right. about yeah. anything on that. I, I just I, it's it's a non-issue. I, like, I think that they
0: win just because I posted. Right, well, right. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to change their mind. They're not going to be like, oh, my God, suddenly I see the light. Right? You. They're just there to argue. So why? Yeah, yeah, do I do guess. That, you know?
1: Yeah, it started well, that Ali likes to argue. That's the thing. I, no, I, I don't like to argue. I've seen him in action. No, I like to
2: debate. Yeah, that's true. Like, I've always been, you know, interested in debating, even if it's something that I uh, I would debate even on the opposite side, just for the practice of debate, right? Like, even if I believed in it was white, I would argue it should be black just so I could learn how to debate better. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, but I hate arguing, but at the same, because it's more of an aggressive kind of nature where people end up hating and that's what happens right these days if you don't agree with someone they hate you they they put you down they make fun of you they they
1: cause trouble so it's it's all it's all race it's it's sex it's uh maybe religion it's whatever i mean yeah and which is funny because i mean if you stop and you think about yeah politics if you stop and you think about it um everybody's been fighting for uh everything for uh centuries right to to be one i think we have the in the united states of america we have the the best ability to be uh one yet we're still fighting to be one and i'm and and look i'm i've you know i don't know what it's like to be uh white uh black or or hispanic or asian or you know what i mean yeah. i mean I, like okay or indian with regards to like american indian that type like i, I don't know what the, that feels like um you know i i was teased as a kid for different things i don't know i don't think i was ever teased about my uh sexuality i wasn't teased about the color of my skin um, you know that I can that I can remember, but there was you know a lot of other things I was teased about. but I guess where I'm going with this is you know I, I can't relate to some certain experiences. can't do it. I understand right. that. Um, but I also know that if I live personally, if I live how I felt when I was teased about those other things, because I can remember going to the bus stop in fifth grade, right. which was back when bandanas were a big deal and there was two kids. There's two kids at the bus stop, but always take those bandanas and they would uh, tie little knots at the end of them and get them wet and they would whip me. I would go, I would have welts on my thigh going into fifth grade every, and I wouldn't say every morning, but quite every morning. Um, If I, if I, I guess if I looked at myself as a, and I was, I was a victim, but if I adopted that mentality, I don't know I would be where I'm at today. Like i no. oh woe is me all the time. I get yeah. it. I get it. I was a victim of that. And boy, I've opened up a can of worms just by what, what I'm saying already, I'm sure. You yeah. know, uh, and that's why I'm trying to say I, I don't know whatever you know, I don't know everybody else's experiences. I right. just know that for me I have to look at the bright side of things. I have to look at the, the future and that it has a potential to be brighter because otherwise, I don't know about you guys, but um, you know, I think our nature is to, you know, look at the bad things all the time, yeah. and not the good.
0: Well, I think what also, you know, the what you put your attention towards grows. So if you always focus on the negative, that's going to grow in your experience. Yes, and, you know, and you'll see it everywhere. Yeah. And if if you focus on, you know, the positive and the things that are, are growing in your life and things that are, you know, you're accomplishing, you'll, you'll attract more of that. Right. So what are you choosing to spend your energy on? You know?
2: Yeah. I had a lady just recently, uh, that reached out to me that from years ago, she used to suck up my time. She was an energy vampire, you know, Hey, uh, at the time her mom was alive, very abusive. She had a, ter- you know, all the excuses in the world to have a terrible life. And I would say do this or do that. And she, I can't, this won't work. That won't work. So I finally got tired of, I even said to her, buy my book. It's like six bucks. No, I can't afford it. I'm like, and then I finally got done with spending time. She just last two days, Ago reached out to me again. I don't know why I don't see your stuff because I, I unfriended her on Facebook. Um, but she's asking me why I'm so blessed to have a wife and a family and all this stuff. I'm like, it's because I look at the positive and not the negative and I, I focus on the positive. So she now then that I think she thought she could open up the floodgates and she started talking about how bad her life is. The same stuff. That she told I said to her the same exact stuff that she told me two and a half years ago. I said you tell literally I could have copied the conversation and put it right back in. They they don't want to listen um, and change their ways. But so we're, we're we're moving along. So let's quickly just ask a few more questions on on tradition. So how do you separate the and I I kind of know this answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. But how do you separate business? And tradition, or how do you incorporate business and tradition so that you're not feeling like you're selling out? And you and I have had a lot. Of, we've worked on this over the years. Oh yeah, right where I go, uh, you should do this, and you're like, nah, that's not what I do. It's not my tradition. It's not something I. And then we'd work it out so that it works for you. But how do you, how do how do you do that now? And what's your advice to people that maybe struggle saying like, as a traditionalist, I can't do this.
0: Sure. Well, firstly, you can do it. And I have done it. And, um, you know, I I am very, as you know, and as you said, uh, very resolute kind of in my practice. I don't I don't compromise very much in uh, kind of watering down my techniques or, you know, um, or or changing my curriculum to because I think it's going to sell better. Um, You know, I keep things pretty close to the way that it was taught to me mm-hmm. um and but what people have to realize is that business is a separate art unto itself you know and and you know then the martial arts and so if you're training so hard to be a great martial artist um and you don't spend time understanding business then your business is going to fail you know you're you're a, you're a black belt in martial arts but you're only a white belt in in marketing and in um, these other things right and so So one thing is understand how business really works. Um, You know, what, what attracts people, you know, how do you get more people in? How do you, how do you retain, you know, how do you sell and get people on your team that know more than you do and do it better. I hate, I hate doing computer stuff. Mm -hmm. and So I hired someone to do the phone calls and do, you know, and then I hired someone else to do the Facebook, Marketing and you know, Gus, uh, you know, I I, I use him and he's good, and um, so I have people help me. And and you know, um, my when I first did that, I, I was scared of spending the money because I was like, oh god, I'm not making that much. But you know, what I was doing wasn't working, so I had to trust the people that were getting results to do a better job than me so that they could bring me in more students and do that aspect. So right. in part, what I do is I, um, get other people who are more skilled than I am to do the things that a, I'm not good at, or B don't want to do. And I mm-hmm. focus on maintaining the integrity on the mat. Um, but I do understand the workings of every aspect of my business, you know? Um, but you know, I, like I, uh, I, I don't give out like trophies, um, you know, and 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 you've made suggestions on things that just didn't sit right with me. Yeah. And you know, you give me a lot, a ton of good information, and you've you've really uh, helped uh, you know grow my business significantly because I didn't know. Um, and here's a perfect example: I didn't know what I didn't know, and right. I didn't know um, how to really run a business when I first started my dojo. Uh, and then, and it was evident in the in the numbers. And you know, you can say that well, you know, it's just the economy or, uh, it's just, you know, people today, they don't want to do it, but really look at, look at yourself, take a step back and look at, you know, what are you doing? Because if it's not working, if you're not producing results and that's, that's the, the, um, that's really the, the gauge, right? Is right. if you, if you're not having students and if you're not making money, then what you're doing in business isn't working. And it's not the, it's not the martial art that you're teaching and it's not the, um, you know, it's not the, the economy, uh, you know, that has a little play, but, but uh, last year was one of my best financial years. It was your best year.
2: It was your highest
0: grossing year during COVID. Yeah. So so you can't use that as an excuse. Um, I mean, you can, but it's not a valid one. And, you know, it's understanding you know, um, how to get that symbiotic relationship between business and, and, and teaching. Um, but, but you can adapt, you can find ways to, you know, do other sorts of motivational practices or, or, you know, games and, uh, you know, other types of, um, things that show recognition to students without having to compromise your technique.
2: Let's let's go into that. So I remember when I first met you, or soon after, we started talking about doing some sort of retention boosting strategies, and we talked about my perfect attendance award system. And I'm like, hey, for every if every they come to twelve classes, they get a trophy. And you're like, we don't do trophies. Aikido is not a trophy school so rather than shutting it down you you know i continually persisted because you have to admit that i i do that often but um we were able to take the concept and adapt it so that it worked for you in in your philosophy and your hit and your and what made you feel well. So we did. What did we developed dog tags, right? Of some mm-hmm. sort. Instead of doing trophies, we made these cool dog tags that they get if they show up, and mm-hmm. and different levels of the dog tags and so on, so that you felt okay with it because it wasn't you know breaking your tradition of you know no competition, no no trophies, no winning for nothing kind of thing. And we came up with it and we figured out a way to make it work. And you've been
0: using it. Yeah, and it it also markets the school. They wear the, the dog tag and it has the dojo name on it. And, you know, yeah. and so they feel proud about it. And uh, and so it it also helps you out, you know, and then we did, we give uh, t-shirts at one point one point, and we give a plaque of recognition right. know, as they build. So, so, you know, yeah. So uh, although I was very resistant to... Um, the initial concept. The initial concept. Right. You know, I started thinking about, well, what is it about it that I didn't like? Right. And, and, and then once I deconstructed um, the whole process, I said, well, I'm okay with this. This is in line with, with my morals and right. my beliefs. And I didn't feel like X, Y, and Z di- compromised uh, you know, uh, my system. So I said, okay, I can, I can live with that. That makes right. sense to me. Um, and then and there are still things that we discuss that I say, no, nope, uh, yeah. you know, I don't feel comfortable with that. And so we 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 brainstorm and yeah, know, think about how to evolve it. And I, you know, also too, I think there was a point in time,
2: and correct me if I'm remembering it incorrectly, but um where you had approached your teacher and said you'd like to add in some some interim belts or striping to be able to give them more, because there was a time period, a long period of time that they'd go without any belt recognition and so mm-hmm. on. So you went, you had to actually approach him, right. And ask permission, and then you had to sell him on the concept of doing it and not changing the curriculum in any way or the ranking system, but just adding in some interim kind of uh, achievements. Right. And you did that as well.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, um, I, I, at first I didn't feel good about that because I was like changing, you know, things, but then I thought, well, I'm not, you know, from white belt to black belt, by the time they're black belt, they're going to have all the same information. And during a belt test, they're actually getting tested more often. So that means that their um, standards have to be higher to maintain from rank to rank. Right. So it actually in some regards helped me maintain a higher standard. You know um by constantly looking at at the quality of their technique and their performance so so you know i i got permission to do that and and um and then and so now people are actually staying a little bit longer i feel because they're progressing and you know they're they're seeing a progression right um, as opposed to waiting you know a year or two before they get a promotion now you know maybe you know they're getting two a year or or or, you know two to three a year or something like that or you know so so they feel more you know appreciated what why don't you guys explain the dog tags to me because uh that
1: sounds very interesting but we can't share that information okay
0: you have to try (laughs) next level coaching i'm sorry gotcha so it's proprietary (laughs) i understand well you
2: know my you know my um I'll, I'll I'll tell everybody online the per, my perfect attendance system which right. I actually, I have uh, I have that online if anyone wants to get the whole entire system, um it's like twenty nine bucks or something like that but it but um so what I did was if if people let's say my little warriors could come twice a week so they could make eight classes a month if they make eight classes they and it doesn't matter they could miss a month in between and do it again but if they make eight classes they get a trophy and they get a certificate. Um, After they've gotten three small trophies, the six-inch trophies, they turn them in, and then they get a bigger trophy, a 12-inch trophy. And um, what that does is, one, I recycle my trophies so there's less cost out of pocket because I'm getting them back, and two, it teaches them to give in order to get. And then they get their big trophy. Once they have three big trophies, then this is how um, we just switch the trophies out for dog tags with Soke Dai. And, um, and then they get uh, they get a plaque and they get T-shirts. My kid has perfect attendance and blah, blah, blah. So it's just another physical tool that we use to motivate the students. And when I was really good at this, by the way, we don't do it as well as we should right now. We would always say, hey, Mrs. Jones, you're 10 away. You know, you're two classes away from Perfect Attendance, why don't you come in extra class this week and next week so you could make it? Like we'd encourage them based on them getting the award because the kids, and, and by the way, kids through adults, we give them to everybody. And the adults, the adults are hysterical. They're like, uh, I, I don't I don't want this trophy. It's, you know, I, I'm just happy that you recognize me. As they're white-fisted holding on to it so tight they walk out the door. Well, I thought you didn't want the trophy. I'm like, you know, they're outside. so.
1: Well, I like the dog tag idea because it sounds less expensive. Yeah. Um, I also like the dog tag idea because, like you
0: said, they're wearing it around their neck. Do you give them yeah. a chain or what is that? Yeah, they get, a, they get a little chain and then they get a custom printed uh, a dog tag. So I have two colors. So, the, you know, the blue ones are kind of the first tier and then the black ones are a little bit better. And so they, they turn in the blue ones after and then they, they'll get the black one. And if you want the, the people who make mine, I can talk to you off the air and okay. uh, I, I can give you that information of that company that does it for me. OK.
2: Um, yeah. So, um, so they get three and then they what do they do? And then they get or how does it work? How did you change that slightly? So it's dog. So it's, day.
0: Yeah. So the first so they'll get one blue the first month. The second month, they'll get a second blue one. Then they turn it in and they'll, give, they'll get a black one on the third month. And then a second black one on the fourth month. And then they turn those in and they get like a, a gold coin, uh, you know, and, and it goes up from there.
2: Yeah. So so he, he adapted. And that's what I love about it is because he took the system and some of the things that didn't work for him, you know, spiritually or whatever. It just didn't sit with you. You adapted it. So that now it becomes, it's an integral part of your retention strategies.
1: Well, as soon as you said dog tag, I was thinking about our friend, uh, former Navy SEAL, uh, Kenny Bigby. And I thought, man, dog tags would be perfect for his school.
2: Oh my God. Yeah, that's true. You should talk to him about that. That'd be great. By the way, I just saw him on the news. He just did that Hudson River swim again.
1: Oh, did he do it already?
2: Yeah, I think I I, I saw some, well, I saw videos of him on on, uh, his Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Right. So, so yeah. So let's, you have any last question,
1: Twain? Cause we have like four minutes left. What, uh, okay. So being a traditional school owner, right. Uh, I know that there was some, there was some things that, you know, Allie had kind of pressed you on that you talked about, you know, you can give necessarily everything specific, but, uh, for, for another traditional school owner listening to this, what what were some big hang-ups that you had about making some changes that now you wish you would have made, you know, X number of years ago? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, well, one of the, uh, I, I mean, this seems so um, ridiculous in hindsight. I, and I, I remember this, um, you know, very vividly, um, you, Ali, you and I having this conversation. And it was about um, it was about break falling at the beginning of the class. We do, we do like repetitive break falling the first part of class after we stretch and it's just down, up, down, up. And, you know, and, um, I was saying, you know, some of the people didn't like that. And he, and he, he said, well, why don't you just let them do every other one? And then why don't you wait a month before they get thrown by somebody else? And, and I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm like, they can suck it up. And, you know, like, I'm trying to make tough students here. And he said, and he, I remember that he said, well, if if you can get them to stay six months longer because they aren't frightened to um, fall because you ease them into it, isn't that going to accomplish the goal? And then you can toughen them up over time. And so, you know, so that um, kind of permeated into other things where um, my my white belts were, you know, I was making them stay in their rank a long time before, almost to the point where they were doing their techniques like black belts. And, and, and so they weren't being tested at all. And, and so I had to allow myself to allow them to be tested and realize that there's a spectrum there. And, 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 um, and I'm not saying this because I think that my students are the best or anything, but I remember um, there was an event um, in a, a Japanese organization that I belonged to at the time and they were coming to Pennsylvania, and um, and it was a black belt organization, and there was a couple hundred, you know, black belts there, all training in different arts, and and my, I brought orange belts, which were, you know, maybe uh, three ranks in, and they were the only colored belts in the whole uh, event for the weekend, and we, we took a jiu class with another instructor, and black belts from that system were asking my students how to do their techniques better. Um, and so, um, and that was because I was so, I'm so rigid with them, but if they're doing their techniques better than black belts in another system, and I'm not saying that my, again, my students are the best or anything like that, but, um, I had a look at, was I really, um, consistent with the ranking system? You know, and I'm not saying I, I watered down my my things now, but I I also realize you know as I'm more experienced, you know what a brown belt should look like, what a green belt should look like, what a white belt should look like, and and what that caliber is. And by the time they're black belt, well, they should better be you know damn good, and they should be able right. to defend themselves against you know, a, um, the average attacker, you know. Uh, so so you know, but but having to make that realization for me was was challenging um you know and and you know i still my students will will tell you that i don't give belts away you gotta you gotta really you know my tests are hard um but but the, and they appreciate that uh, but the, the the major shift
2: though i think for you at that time was to understand that a white belt is just a white belt yeah. right and you had to be okay with them being just a white belt and not wanting them to be better than Black belts, right? And then, you know, and, and we were scaring them away with advanced level training because they were quitting because they weren't getting tested. They were falling when they shouldn't have. They, they, you know, you're we hitting many of the different fears, fear of failure, fear, fear of falling, fear of loud noises, you know, and all that stuff. And when you adjusted that, you started to see more people stay longer that would have quit a long time ago. So that's why your enrollment has been growing because you are filling that hole in the bucket in the early stages, right?
0: Exactly. And ultimately, if you make your, if you can say that by, you know, black belt, which just means you've learned the basics, you know, if you, if you can, by the time they're black belt, make them look to the caliber that you want them to be, then, then you did good. Yeah. You know, And if you can get them to stay longer, you know, because you did that, then, then your business is going to thrive from that and, um, you're going to make them happier and they're going to stay, you know, longer than, than if you, you know, um, put all that on them as a white belt.
1: Love it. Well it goes back to what we talked about before. It gives you the opportunity to have a deeper, longer lasting relationship with them and make more of an impact on them, as well as, you know, their interaction with you is going to make an impact on you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The more we can, you know, keep them in the dojo, the more lessons they're gonna adapt into their own, you know, life.
1: I love
2: it. Great interview. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. It's any an any final things, Dwayne or no?
1: No, I, I mean I appreciate you taking time to do it, even through uh, some of my technical difficulties, and then your your one te- technical difficulty.
0: So, but I appreciate your patience and uh, and so it's my honor, and I really appreciate you considering me and having me on anytime. Thank now. you very much.
2: So, um, all right, Dwayne and and David Dai so and I will, we'll will chat with you soon. And, well,
1: before yeah, before we go, uh, you have a a book, right, or at least one, a few books. Five books,
0: five books. Okay.
1: All right. So drop, drop, drop that information. What, what are the books? How can people
0: get access to those? Sure. So um, the newest book is Aikido's hidden ground techniques, which is uh, available on Amazon. And there's also a DVD, uh, which you can watch that has, you know, some instructional and demonstrative uh, parts of the video. Uh, And then, uh, and you can also get the, the video, Uh, on Amazon you can even watch it on Amazon Prime you can uh, watch the video you can buy the video part of it Um, so if you want to do that feel free also um, discover your power is another one that's on Amazon Uh, also um, there's I I wrote a kids book I can learn karate martial arts first step for kids Um, and then modern masters of the martial arts which features over 50 different martial arts and their different styles it's a beautiful like coffee book a uh, coffee table book, um, so you can get that on my website uh, karatelehighvalley dot uh, as well as my first book, which is Enter into Aikido, um, which you can only get through me. I think it's out of print now. The publisher went out of business at the time, uh, so so well not they're out of business not now, but um, so I have a couple copies left of that if people are interested.
1: Excellent. Thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, Allie, thank I you do. for uh, yeah. Go ahead.
2: I just posted that with your website on the in the comments so that people could check it out.
1: Thank but yeah,
2: no, I was going to say, Dave, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Dwayne, awesome as always. 290 episodes. We have to do something big for our 300th episode. I don't know. Maybe like have cake on air or something or, you know, celebrate, there we go. Yeah. celebrate somehow. Right? Give out yeah. maybe like 50 free shirts to our 50 listeners or whatever. We'll do something around Uh-oh.
1: 300. I'll eat cake, and uh, you'll have to eat eat uh, hamburger. No, just kidding. Vegan, vegan cake. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. I watched we were at, we were at
2: um, my wife's birth, uh, family's birth, uh, her dad was 81 yesterday his birthday, so they all had ice cream cake, and I sat there and watched them because I can't eat it. So exactly. like, I'm so sorry. I'm like it's okay. I'm used to it.
0: So I sat there and watched them enjoy their ice cream cake. There's a really good place called vegan treats, which you can, they make totally vegan desserts. And oh yeah. You would never know that they're vegan. They're amazing. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Very I'll cool. Send you one. All right. Thank you. All
2: right. All thanks right. guys. Take care. Sayonara everyone. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts school owner talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out EliteInsights.com for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy King's BJJ Growth Consulting and Management at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, the best darn software for school owner-manager on the planet getkaratestudents.com a martial arts growth consulting company for all your school systems we will see you next time